All right, I know you guys are all on the edge of your seats to find out what Scott Weiser has to say next. Welcome back to the Thriving Artist Podcast, where we talk about art, money, business, mindset, spirituality, all of it. And today, you are going to learn some brilliant mind tools for when you come up with a challenge. When you face a challenge and you don't know what to do and it's hard to make decisions and yeah, it's just, it's applicable for a lot. And if you missed last time, just a little brief intro to Scott. Scott Weiser is an animation director. He's worked on Alvin and the Chipmunks and as well as a bunch of other projects and he has done these brilliant, gorgeous books that are stunning and he's so creative and I'm excited for you to learn from him today. So let's just go ahead and get into it. I wanted to touch on something we talked about last time that I thought was so, so good. And I can't remember where it stemmed from. Maybe it was questions, making decisions, but you were talking about imagining yourself and your future self and your past self talk to me about that again and I'm trying to remember the scenario that it came up with but I remember just being blown away and I used it once and I haven't used it since I think maybe I was worried I would do it wrong or something which is silly (laughs) which is silly but I want to I want to hear about it again so I can I can use it because I think it was it just was brilliant yeah there's a concept about the omniscience of God that God can take the past and the present and the future and line it all up, right? For every single person on the planet and see how all these people interacting can, what the outcome can be. So years ago, I was trying to comprehend that. I was like, what is this thing? You know, it's uh-huh. just so far out of the human mind and how we work. Right. Because we think so linearly, right? right? We Sometimes we spend time in the past, but we're living in the present and the future is so murky. It's like, even sometimes the past is murky. You're like, what was that person's name? Or what yeah. did I do that day? You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think I was researching manifesting and, yes. and this new idea of manifestation yes. <laughs> and how to manifest something that you want in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they talked about what was called shadow work. So a lot of schools of thought for this manifesting movement is that all you have to do is just positively imagine the future and you can make that come true. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bob Proctor and he would charge you a ton of money to train you how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but he talks about how there are different frequencies, right? Right. Frequency of, of anger. You know, there's a frequency of joy. There's a frequency of creative flow. And all those are, if you line them up on a spectrum from top to bottom, there are higher frequencies and there are lower frequencies. And if you spend all your time in a higher frequency, you're going to have a lot more of a fulfilling life. Right. If you spend more of your time in a lower frequency, you can, you know, end up going to prison and jail because you have anger issues and use them to harm people or you have fear issues and, and use that to drive yourself to steal something, you know, Yeah. because you didn't believe that you could get it by steady work. So yeah, you, you, you're going to sit somewhere along that, right? So all he said, what he says, is all you have to do is just move your frequency, just get up higher, you know, just go to that higher frequency. Right. Well, this idea of shadow work, which is a Jungian philosophy that you should incorporate your shadow is that the idea is that the higher you climb on a ladder, 
depending on where the sun is, you're going to get a bigger and a bigger shadow, right? Right. right. But if you're able to line yourself up with the sun and then beneath you, then the shadow's incorporated. Okay. It's part of it's part of your upward trajectory, and it's not going to hold you down, or continually like stretch out into the horizon and remind you of of your fall and how you're going to fall off that ladder. So incorporating your shadow, what he said was, bring bring a memory of yourself from the past into the room with you, and let's say you had something traumatic happen. Take that take that traumatic experience and turn it into a version of you and bring it into the room with you mm-hmm. and just start to ask it questions ask yourself questions and say how are you feeling about this and then let your old self answer you know and 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 really empathize with that the older self and say yeah that that is so hard that is so painful isn't it and and it'll even allow yourself to feel that pain i think that that's part of why we have a hard time processing emotions as humans especially right now is because we don't want to feel any negative emotions. Yeah. We only want to feel the happy and the, you know, mm-hmm. and the ecstatic and the excited, you know? And yeah. so we, we allow those things to, we just sit with ourselves for quite a while. And then eventually we can start to comfort ourselves and say, you know, your future life is going to be really cool. Like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have a book on starter, you know, right. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be able to direct a, a YouTube series at Space Station and then develop another one. And yeah, it's going to be hard. You're not going to finish that one, but you're going to go on to do other things at this other studio. You know, yeah. there's all these good things that are coming. And guess what? If you had that same experience now with that bully or with that traumatic thing that happened, you have all these skills that you've learned that you, you could manage it so much quicker, mm. right? So you can mm. actually go to that former self and you can, you know, yeah. That's not going to happen to you again. Cause look, you've learned these new skills and what you can do is you can just embrace that older self and bring it with you into the future. And suddenly you're no longer stuck down back in the past. You know, that, that shat, that part of your shadow is incorporated. Okay. So then I realized again, with this omniscience of God idea, well, can't I do that with the future? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like I've had so many of these insights that like that help me understand there's something in the future, and then I work toward them and I grab that, right? Right. So it means that something about the future must kind of exist. Yes. And this is where it gets a little bit out there, but I love it. I love it. I, I've created a, a future version of myself. This person has already directed the unsingable song, my musical feature film, and he, he's already done other things that I haven't even imagined yet, right? Uh-huh. And he also like he he's he interacts better with people and he he's been able to experience negative emotion in a way that is insightful and it helps him be more empathetic to the people around him right uh-huh and so that future version of me i can bring him into the room and we can have a discussion about what i'm currently going through cuz yeah when i was doing the shadow work i was like well what about this that i'm struggling with now yeah. And that future self, bringing that into the room was really helpful. And so I actually simulate it. I just think, what would my future self say to me? You know, so I will express it to, I'll express what I'm going through. Like I'm having a real conversation in my imagination. I'll say, you know, today this thing happened. It was really hard. And I kind of feel right now, like, like I'm never going to make it to my dream, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm just going to keep failing and repeating the same error that I keep repeating over and over again. 
and my future self will say very interesting things to me um hmm. he'll he'll point to the things well this is where actually what you're supposed to be learning about this right now look look at this you're learning how to manage conflict with a person or you're you're learning what it feels like to have somebody manage you in it and they did it wrong you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and so now you can harness and when you go to manage somebody in the future you'll be able to remember that you'll be a much better manager mm -hmm. be a much better leader right or yeah this is this is the setback that helps you realize what you really want yeah like i really liked directing pirate crabs however now i've been going and i've been reading you know, Hayao Miyazaki and a different other um, creators that I really admire. And I am looking at their philosophies and I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I want to be creating. Yeah, that's the stuff I want to be doing. And so it's really kind of helped me refocus hmm. and say, yeah, as, as painful as it is to, to go what I'm going through, it can actually be a catalyst for me to become closer to that future self. So that he can embrace me and pull me into the future. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And do you do all this as like a meditation? Do you like take time to like lay down, close your eyes, like make a, a practice of it? Or or is it just when you're stuck in a situation or, or a hard emotion? Sometimes I'll sit in, in this little rocking chair next to my bed in our bedroom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I will um, do the Wim Hof breathing technique. So <gasps> you, what do. you do is you, yeah, cool. You, you take a you take a quick breath in, uh -huh. and then you slowly let it out. And you do thirty of those, and then you hold your breath for, I I get to about a minute and ten seconds. <laughs> okay, uh huh. Um, and you're supposed to be able to get to two minutes. Um, right, I'm I haven't very gotten that far yet. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You have to work up to it. Like at first, I did thirty seconds, and then. 35 and then I did 40 and then I did 45 uh -huh. anyway once I'm I'm to that state then I start to do the, the visualizations although I've also done one where it's just five deep breaths and I imagine myself stepping downstairs like like 10 stairs and then going into a cellar and and I imagine myself going into that state that's like just as you're waking up or just as you're going to sleep it's actually a very relaxed really great state for your mind to be in uh-huh that's Especially, what I was, I was right reading right that with the up. silva method do you have yeah you the silva method yeah okay. that that's one and i think i think what that method is um don't pay for it you can find this information here uh -huh. you know, right. some people are really profiting a lot off of that but right which is you just when you're down in that you just you have the situation on one mirror and you uh the, like the bad situation and then you move the mirror to the side and you imagine the in the situation good right yeah i've done that and it just doesn't feel as dynamic as the future self yeah and part of the reason is because i'm very religious so i believe in god and i believe right. in prayer right and i don't just ask myself i ask the master of all future selves yeah <laughs> yes who again i'm able to maybe calculate my life but he has the ability to calculate the intertwining of billions of lives, right? Right. So I think he has a lot more insight on, on how my my current way of viewing the future will actually intertwine with others and why yeah. one choice might not be as good as I thought it was. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure.
Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love all this stuff. Yeah. And Wim Hof and shadow work. I'm trying to decide, like, I liked Wim Hof, but I know sometimes he would say some things and I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Um, and shadow work. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if, if I have this resistance to both of those things because I need it or because I'm afraid of it, or is it just not right for me right now? Have you ever run into that problem of like, there's this thing and I'm not sure if it's that I'm resisting it because it's hard, but I need it. Yeah. You know, do you, do you know what I mean? The, the Wim Hof, I tried maybe six, eight more. I, I tried a while ago and I was like, I hated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I never want to do that again. I decided not to do it again. Uh-huh. And then at one point where I was having a lot of anxiety and I was like, I'll try it. I tried it and I felt better. So yeah. I was like, okay. Um, and so, and again, I don't do this all the time. Sometimes I'm just, it's just when I go on my walk to the river, yeah. I'll just be having a walk and a chat with my future self, you know? Cool. I don't know that I don't know there's one way to this. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just trying a lot of things and just seeing what works. The going down to the bottom of the stairs and the silver method, I haven't really seen that work. It's kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll maybe try it again, but it just doesn't seem to work for me. I, I don't know. Um, so, and I think, I think shadow work, I think I have a hesitancy towards that because I, I think I opened up one YouTube video after that conference and it just, there was something about the video that had this like dark feeling to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, almost yeah, I like. I had to really separate from that kind of stuff. Okay. And really like focus on, you know, where my beliefs are and, if you mix, if you mix things too much, like if you mixed sand with salt, it's going to lose its savor. Right. Yeah. So you want to make sure that what you're doing is as as possible. Yeah. And so that's why several of the methods that I've seen and tried, they kind of have been filtered out. But the one thing I still do is I bring that future self in and I say, what do you think? And then I bring God in and I say, what do you think about what we think? I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. And I do love the way that you put it of like the past self, of not like necessarily dwelling in that dark space, but of being like, what did you learn from that? Like that was, that was guiding you and leading you towards this lighter, wonderful thing, you know, like teaching you. Yeah. I just, I I like that a lot. I really like it. And I'm going to start trying to do that more because I, yeah, I love that. I had somebody who shared with me about their therapy they were going through and they told me about one emotional technique that they taught that really helped them mm-hmm. and the symbolism of it so if you had a beach ball and you push it down in the water and you let it go it's going to pop out of the water right right and the further you push it down the more it's going to pop up with a vengeance right yeah so that's another way i've been viewing shadow work like if i'm feeling a negative emotion i don't understand it mm-hmm. that's when i start the shadow work right right then you know and and I say, okay, this there's something that needs to be addressed here, and I don't even know what it is. Right. You know. Right. So I just need to bring it in, and I need to just spend some time with it. Mm-hmm. So what her therapist told her to do is, you don't hold it above the water because then your arms get tired, right? Right. And and you're actually putting your shadow above yourself in a way, right? Mm-hmm. I think that could get really dark because then you're like, your shadow could even push you down into the water, right? Mm. Um, cause this isn't just a beach ball. This is like a devil beach ball. I don't know. <laughs> There's like a demon in it. I'd have no idea, but, 
Um, she just was taught to just hold the beach ball just right on top of the water and gently observe it. Yeah. Just gently observe this emotion of anxiety or fear and just really think this is interesting. Right. You could even ask yourself, like, how does this feel? Curiosity. Oh, well, there's this kind of tingly feeling in my chest and a little bit of tightness there. Right. Yeah. And well, how could I make that go away? Well, how about I take some deep breaths? So you start taking the deep breaths, right? But you're still observing this emotion and just saying, okay, what happens when I have deep breaths? What happens to that emotion? Oh, it, it starts to become not quite so severe, doesn't it? Okay, well, what happens if uh, if I start to dig into this emotion for, and this is where it starts to get a little scary, right? So you're digging in the emotion for the source of it. Right. And the source of it could be like a fear you have it could be a bad situation you had when you were a child the crazy thing is like we we have all these stories about ourselves that aren't true i went at one point in my life and i had this interaction with this person this happened so i must be this type of person and they must be that type of person yeah and some of those stories we might hold on to them forever and they aren't true i had a kid who kind of bullied me in in high school mm. and I stood up into up to him in a kind of a funny way and it really embarrassed him. And so he stopped bugging me, but it was still funny. And like, it kind of dug at us. And uh-huh. then later on, we became friends and I, wow. see him, I see him once or twice a year and, wow. and he, he's excited to talk to me. Scott, like, that's this, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I tell that story to my, my son, like when he gets, and I think we have this big mistake that we're trying to fix the bully but we mm-hmm. actually should strengthen the child against the bully right right mm-hmm. like give the child the tools that they need to be able to handle the bully and then we can then help the bully you know uh-huh. That's <laughs> to see so like cool. to see how because he the bully has a story they tell themselves oh, too right sure. if yeah. I do this to other people I'm going to get something right and yeah it's like if they don't get that thing, then suddenly the bully story has an anti-story, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so suddenly that gives the bully the ability to change. Whereas if you just go to the bully and say, you're a bully, stop bullying, then suddenly that becomes part of the bully's story, mm-hmm. you know? And the bully might find another way to bully that isn't quite so obvious mm-hmm. or, you know? And so, yeah, I, I I think we got off on a bit of a tangent there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're digging into these, these things and trying to figure out what's what's there right yeah and trying to to maybe rewrite the story and i actually have i've i have i'm not going to say what it was but i have some severe trauma in my past that okay. i did not know was trauma yeah and because i had told myself a story okay because of the nature of the situation that that this thing wasn't abuse you know okay. and so and so I actually went back and I relived this several times doing the shadow work type of thing. And each time I like, I went back and I, I envisioned it how it was. And then I envisioned it like with every detail that I possibly could imagine to make sure I saw the details. Mm-hmm. And then the third time I became the, the director of the story. Oh, and, um, and actually when I did this one, I was doing what's uh, like a rap eye movement. So I created a little animation of a ball going back and forward across the stream. They actually have done this to help PS, PTSD people, hmm. like patients. Whereas when you're looking at a ball bouncing back and forth on a screen, and your eyes are moving left to right um, at a certain pace. 
it actually connects your frontal lobe from your your backward lobe. I don't know what you call it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It disconnects that frontal lobe that experiences the emotion. And so you're no longer actually experience a fullness of emotion during that. Mm. So you can actually think about it. Mm. Because if you've experienced real trauma or, or, or anything like that, then when you when you try to go back and review it just with your mind, you're going to start feeling the emotions, right? And then it makes it hard for you actually to see things clearly. So I was following this dot back and forth on the screen and I went back and I envisioned it how I wished it would have happened. Yeah. And, wow. Cool. And and then I did it again. Like I made it even better. I made myself more of a hero, more triumphant. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then, and then I did other things with the visualization, but it was, that was the shadow work, right? Because okay. pretty much I'm going back and I'm saying, look, I now have the ability to imagine a scenario where I'm actually the hero and I'm actually doing all these amazing things that that prevent the situation from even happening. Now I can go to that shadow part of myself and I can say, don't worry about that. We've got this. Come into the future with me. You don't need to stay back there in the past, you know, yeah. and keep telling your story about how the world's going to beat you down and how you're not worth anything and how you're to blame for what happened or whatever you're you're saying to yourself, right? you know? Oh, yeah. I love, I love how you're explaining all of this. It's good for me. It's also good for me to notice how I was judging, not judging people who did shadow work, but just judging shadow work in general, because of that one experience that I had of like feeling like, Ooh, this is dark energy. I shouldn't dabble in this. And then now <laughs> to be like, to make judgments like that of like, Oh, this is blank, you know? And then as that ties into what you're saying of like judging ourselves and our past selves, like this is blank, but like changing that story around it and just, yeah, being more accepting of ourselves and of ideas. And anyways, this, I love the way that you're describing all this. Yeah. It could create surprises too. You you really have to be open and like really honest about it. Yeah. Because I had another thing where I realized that some, something I was doing now, a way I was interacting with somebody now, I thought, wait, this person reminds me of that other person that I had a really bad experience with. I wonder if I'm treating this person this way because of that person that way, right? Mm -hmm. And what I was doing with this person currently was I was really observing them carefully and being very careful around them and thinking I, I something wrong is going on here. Mm -hmm. and, and And then I thought, well, maybe I'm just projecting that former memory onto this person right hmm. so i did i did shadow work with this this thing and i discovered no back then i was hard on myself for judging that person mm -hmm. for being too watchful with that person hmm. for not quite trusting that person and i realized i needed to be doing that now hmm. <laughs> wow. you know uh -huh. the, the thing that i thought was what i was doing was bad was uh -huh. actually the thing that i was doing right because okay. if I had, if I had actually trusted those instincts, when I interacted with this person, a lot less problems would have happened. Huh. And so, yeah, you, you do have to be kind of honest and open to where you learn from it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I went in thinking I was going to change myself so that I trusted this current person, where it was like, wait, no, that's not really what you're supposed to learn from this. And uh Yeah. And it's turned out to be true. <laughs> so. I love, I love this huge journey that you've gone on with all these insights and that you've, 
you've looked into so many of these different thought leaders and these different concepts and that you've balanced that with with you know your own faith belief spirituality and uh, it's it's so cool do you feel like many artists are going on that path of self-discovery and looking at these other things or do you think a lot have their nose to the road kind of like grinding pushing through and aren't taking the time to to introspect because I I find it really fascinating to hear about all this but a lot a lot of people in the art industry are really passionate and excited to learn things but I don't know it's so fun to hear you talk about all this I I don't know it's that's a hard question to answer I I have a question that I always ask on the directing animation live cast and that is if my goal is to get the highest concentration of truth into a story what would you recommend and I always get different answers Hmm. and I really liked this last person's answer he's like you have to be honest with yourself and I kind of think it's really hard for us to be honest with ourselves right now yeah in our current society and what's being pushed in society right and um like sometimes when we're honest with ourselves we realize we shouldn't go along with a trend right but if we don't go along with that trend our friends might get angry with us and think we're bad people yeah you know but but if you were honest with yourself you wouldn't go along with it. you would say oh no that emperor has no clothes <laughs> you know so yeah so right now is an interesting time for artists there's also like this high concentration of like you can look like an artist and not actually be an artist i uh-huh. I don't know how to describe this, but yeah, it's kind of like AI right now. AI can can just bust out a ton of images at once, right? Yeah. But then what you end up with is a flood of images that is so overwhelming. I actually had experience the other night where my brain, because I was pondering this, also gave me what it was painful, but it gave me what the experience is like to be drowning in a sea of images. <laughs> because a guy who created AI, he's like, I've created a flood of water. I haven't created a tiger that's going to kill you. He's like, a flood of water is more useful because you can use it to build a dam or you can use it to f- to sail upon or, you know. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, but, you know, <laughs> um, at that point, it's like anybody can be an artist because you can take a couple words and then all of a sudden you've got all these artificial intelligence images that pop up for you, right? Yeah. So, but the thing that's missing from that for me, um, and this was from a Miyazaki book that I was reading, he talks about how there was a boom in animation in anime in Japan and he didn't like it. He thought there was too much content coming out mm. and he didn't really like the content. It made him feel like he was just, I don't know, wasting time or, or whatnot. Mm. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm really working hard to create these really meaningful images, this really meaningful stories, but I feel like I'm just pouring a bucket of water onto a flip. <laughs> yeah. And then he said later on in his essay that, well, I do comfort myself in knowing that even during a flood, people need good, great water to drink sometimes. Yeah. To get them through it, you know? So I think that more artists should be exploring the truth. And I think it's taking extra courage nowadays to do it. Yes. And so I find, I find some who do. Um, one one in particular, and I had him on my show, his name is Ed Hooks. Very different beliefs than me. He's an atheist. Uh, he, When we look at a film, we analyze it completely different. Uh-huh. And yet our conversations are so beautiful and so wonderful because we can just 
we both really want to know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and we both also really know that we haven't found it yet, that right. it's a lifelong process. Absolutely. And that there is a possibility that both of our preconceptions are wrong, you yeah, know? Right. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy everywhere. path to walk. It uh-huh. takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what you were saying about the flood of, you know, with like, there's so much media being created every minute, but what you were saying about quality of like digging deep of like really thinking like, what do I want to do with my voice? What do I want to say? Who do I want to, you know, what do I want to portray? Like going back to like quality instead of just creating something to be consumed, but it is hard to like put your whole soul into something that might not get the results you want, which kind of ties us all the way back to the beginning of detaching from those results, which is easier to do if you're able to be centered on some of these these principles of like understanding yourself and your core values. And yeah, I, yes, I feel, feel motivated to create work that's uplifting and not just, not just part of the flood of images. Yeah. Right. Right. That was Uh, really great. Another cool thing about Miyazaki's work that I've, I started expressing a lot as I'm pitching what I want to do as a director. Right. Yeah. And that is when I walk into a store, I own the Dis the not Disney, the Miyazaki Blu-rays and DVDs. Uh-huh. Well, at first I bought the DVDs, right? Then I walked to the store and I saw the Blu-rays and I was like, oh, I've got to buy those. So mm-hmm. I bought the Blu-rays, right? Mm-hmm. And then I walk into the store and I see the Blu-rays and I still have the urge to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I still want that in my life. I want something. There's something special about that. Yeah. That is a feeling I hardly get with any other content. Uh-huh. I think I get that with the movie Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get that with a lot of black and white movies like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Yeah, I get that I, with some books like the Harry Potter books. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get that experience with the Harry Potter books. And uh, with scriptures, I get that experience. Wow. And so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I want to be creating and really cool story <laughs> i actually have somebody who i gave a free copy of vanishing ink to yes in my last kickstarter campaign they bought cirque de solitude and vanishing ink and in this campaign they bought mass magic cirque de solitude and vanishing ink wow and i thought at least i'm doing that for one person now how do i do it for more you know yeah <laughs> yeah right right and i don't know if you've watched the kickstarter video but there's one young girl who says i've read your book many times she's read Circus yes i did see that yeah and i've had another another person come up to me about cirque de solitude and they said and it was a hard book to write because i was trying to discover the epitome and the essence of womanhood yeah and how could you get to the top of that and to the bottom of that, right? Uh-huh. So I had to have a lot of conversations with women because I don't have that experience, right? Right, right. And then when I read, the, I wrote the story, I kept running it by several women and saying, "What do you think? <laughs> Am uh-huh. I doing this right? Like, is there <laughs> something I'm missing?" And they would show me, like, this person would actually do this because this is the way the woman would think about it. And so, huh. yeah. But uh, this person came to me and they said that book describes the woman I want to be. Aww. And to me, you know, I've, I've directed those episodes at Space Station. We've had 60 
million views, at least on our videos so far. Wow. And that one review of my book, more than 60 million views right. on a YouTube, on YouTube videos. So yeah, yeah, I think, I think that for me, I've kind of had to detach recently from that millions of views right? and, and wanting that, wanting that huge audience. Right? Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. 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 Cause you, cause you want to Surprisingly, I, I actually am starting to reach more people. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah. is, do you have any tips before we end of that detaching? Cause as you can tell, I'm hungry for it because I feel the need for it. I see it around and other people of, of needing that too. And I do realize like one person who impacts me, it's like a, a big deal. You know, if it's that Miyazaki sort of, uh, you know, and like talking to you at, at that conference, that was really impactful for me. And I, so I just, I guess I just need to have the faith and hope that like, I can be that person for a few people. It doesn't have to be thousands of millions, but yeah, but focusing on that quality and helping promote change, I guess, do you have any tips anymore of how you detach from those numbers? You just said that you're getting better at it and finding yeah that my tip so far would be my future health self self helps me a lot okay okay i'm gonna do that with detaching and, from results. and ryan's right reminds me like i know you really want this right now okay but there might be something better you know okay, okay. and and so why don't you just wait for that something better here's oh a great story and this came to me a few weeks ago it was in a church meeting and it, and it was a talk that was given by Dieter F. Uchtdorf, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And he talked about this marshmallow experiment, that a religious experiment, yeah. where they put this marshmallow in front of kids and they said, wait 10 minutes to eat it, you get two marshmallows. And that came to me and I realized that Space Station was my marshmallow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And as much as I wanted to be a partner in that studio and I wanted to, to see what it would be like if I gave my whole career to that studio, yeah, I knew it wasn't the right thing for me. And yeah. so... I had a marshmallow in front of me with a promise of something better, like two marshmallows, but I had to not eat the first one. Yeah. And then after they did that experiment, they went and researched years later how those people's lives turned out. The people who were able to wait to eat the marshmallow had more successful lives. Yeah. So I kind of have started to realize that I will still probably feel the emotion, like the desire to be desperate. Right. That's probably going to happen because yeah. that's part of being human, human, right? Right. But at the same time, I think there has to be a calming down process and a, and a realization that, wait, if I don't get this marshmallow, it doesn't mean I'll never have a marshmallow. Yeah. It actually might mean that there are bigger, better marshmallows out there. Wow. Yeah. And so I need to just let this be an experiment experience so I can learn things about me and marshmallows. An experience and an experiment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I can know better what kind of marshmallow I'm searching for. Yes. Okay. I feel so good about all of that. I feel like yeah. I, I have homework now. So now <laughs> I know how to use the past and future self thing. And it's going to be with detaching from results. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much much i'm sure thank you it's it's fun to be able to share with i actually every time i write a project i go through this kind of a a cycle and actually all of this is feeding into 
one of the next projects I want to develop and Ooh. and it's deep and emotional and like Ooh. oh yeah it's Yay. I'm excited about it it's it's another kind of more risky project but we'll yeah. see oh. we'll see what comes about it I love um, how brave you are with your stories I love it <laughs> yeah and, and someday like here's another thought on it I think if you can get good at helping one mm-hmm. you can also get good at helping 10 that's true. And then a hundred. That's true. And then a thousand. Yeah. I think that right now we're in a kind of a an upside down situation where some people, because they just found the right algorithm and the right like approach, right. they all of a sudden have millions and millions of followers, right? Yeah. And now it's like, what do you do with those followers? And right. is what you're doing with those followers meaningful? And I hardly ever find stuff that's meaningful that's going on with that that situation so it's like would I rather have millions of followers or would I rather have a few people that I've really had an impact on yes and then maybe if I ever get more followers or more whatever people to influence then I'll know better how to do it you'll be ready yeah because what you created it'll be more meaningful yeah and and not just like fun to pass the time you know right part of the flood of images but it'll be something that's like every time somebody that book on the shelf or that movie on the shelf they're like I need that back in my life you know yes yes okay well thank you we have two minutes that was so good now I feel jazzed (laughs) and energized because like I know what to do moving forwards to improve and that excites me so thank you a million times over I really think you are that person that is changing lives with stories and with conversations like these. Cause obviously, like I said, you really impacted mine with your deep thoughts and your passion for storytelling and improving the world. So thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time. Thank you for appreciating it. It's, oh, it really I do. means a lot. You know? I do. I love what, I love what you do. Your book is decoration in my the room that I'm in my office right now. <laughs> Um, solitude is, yeah, it's just a beautiful book. You do quality, you do quality work. Thank you. And mass magic is going to have even cooler, like the spot UV, the shiny part on it's Uh going to be even cooler. Um, We're going to have a plastic. It's going to be a hard, durable plastic cover rather than a paper. All right. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to jump in there. Uh, Full color illustrations. And I'm going to be giving everybody a a sheet of stickers and yeah. All it's right. going to be a beautiful special project. And I'm printing everybody's names inside the uh, dust cover. Oof, I'm sorry. Or inside the end pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make them like permanently a part of the project. And wow. yeah, I'm grateful to, for everybody who's been a part of it. And grateful to you for really appreciating this conversation and bringing it out again. Because it was very rewarding for me. I learned from it too. And I hope you got something from it as well. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I, uh... Yeah, I really appreciate it. So um, for those of you who are artists, who are creative moms wanting a passive income side gig, I have created a program to help with that and I'm offering a free video to help you find out what the seven steps are to creating passive income with your art. So if you would like that, go ahead and click the link below and get started creating passive income with your art because all these creative, wonderful ideas, you know, it's fun to work on projects with other people. It's nice to have steady income. 
but also being able to do these passion projects on the side and to make a little bit of extra money with them is really empowering and wonderful for creative and financial freedom. So I want that for you. So go ahead and click the link if you're interested and I will see you guys in a future episode.